I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again with a K. Now on to the show. This episode is titled Darth Robocop. A few months ago, I discussed a few elements of the transhumanist agenda present in our current world in its soft disclosure through popular media. Check out my episode titled Star Wars Plus Transhumanism from December 2020 if you want to revisit this initial breakdown. In today's episode, we will be, to use a familiar phrase of the day, circling back on this transhumanism topic. Specifically in reference to the transhuman characters from both the Star Wars and Robocop franchises. We will tackle the following questions. Number one, what messages are these franchises telling us about the combining of humans and robots? Number two, what roles do these characters play? Are they used for good? Are they used for bad? Or both? And three, how do these transhuman characters compared to the transhuman characters in other popular franchises and series. So let's get into it. I sincerely hope that all Star Wars fans listening are familiar with the character of Darth Vader. If you aren't, I'm very concerned for you because you may not know what Star Wars is or you may have been living under a rock for the past 40 plus years. Either way, shame on you. Darth Vader is one of the greatest on-screen villains of all time with an incredibly cool design and a towering physical presence. He also has a very unique breathing sound, which is due to the amazing sound work of Ben Burtt in the original trilogy. Quick rabbit hole, it's really interesting to look into how Ben Burtt created the sound design of the original Star Wars movies, and all the sounds he mashed together to make up the sounds we know of Chewbacca, Tusken Raiders, laser blasts, etc. It's fascinating. In Star Wars, Darth Vader is an obvious example of transhumanism. He is a person named Anakin Skywalker, but we come to find out that he has many robotic and technological enhancements to keep him alive after the fateful duel he had with Obi-Wan at the end of the prequel trilogy. He even attempts to sever his ties completely to his quote-unquote human name by stating that the name Anakin Skywalker has no meaning to him anymore 
And as Obi-Wan says, Vader is more machine than man. And that the person who used to be Anakin Skywalker is gone. Another more contemporary example of transhumanism in Star Wars is General Grievous from the prequel trilogy. Not much is discussed in the films regarding his history or even exactly what he is. What we know of him from his on-screen performance in Revenge of the Sith, General Grievous is one of the leaders of the Confederacy of Independent Systems, the organization that had been fighting for years with the Galactic Republic. General Grievous's appearance is rather odd. He appears mostly like a robot, with one exception, he has a still beating heart within his chest. His eyes do also appear human-like as well. During his fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can see that he has four mechanical arms and can wield four lightsabers simultaneously. Grievous's backstory is pretty interesting, and this backstory is mostly fleshed out in the pre-Disney works, so take that for what you will. He was originally a sentient species known as the Kali under the given name Kaimen J. Shalal. He was a strong and cunning warrior, but he faced tragedy when the love of his life died in battle. He was subsequently cast into intense mourning and despair. It was at this time that he shed his former name and took on the name Grievous, an obvious derivative of the word grieve. Grievous then became an enforcer for the Intergalactic Banking Clan, which was one of the organizations siding with the Confederacy in their secession from the Republic. Count Dooku, who was leading the Confederate Rebellion, saw the strong warrior nature of Grievous and decided that he would use him as a sort of experiment. Dooku covertly set a bomb to explode on the starship Grievous was on, which mortally wounded him. Dooku then arranged for Grievous' remains to be reconstructed into the cyborg we all know in the prequels. Dooku had trained him as a dark side apprentice, and he was made general during the three-year Clone War period. As we know from the movie Revenge of the Sith, he was defeated in combat by Obi-Wan, who shot a blaster bolt right through his heart. Surprisingly, there were still attempts to recreate Grievous even after this apparent death. His brain was extracted and used to create a Grievous replica called N.K. Necrosis, where the word necro means dead corpse or dead tissue. You know, interestingly enough, the same technology and droid work employed to create General Grievous was what was used to create Darth Vader. It's almost as if General Grievous was indeed Darth Vader version 1.0. Another film franchise that tackles transhumanism is the RoboCop series. The basic premise of the original RoboCop is that a police officer is killed in the line of duty and his brain and body are used as a framework 
for a super soldier named Robocop. But there's more to the story than that. Just as General Grievous was essentially Darth Vader version 1.0, there was a Robocop version 1.0, and it was called ED-209. The organization Omni Consumer Products, who had been contracted to run the Detroit Police Force, had created ED-209 as a way to fight crime better. This purely robotic machine wouldn't need to eat, sleep, and it would be programmed with all the basic commands needed to combat crime in the city. But, as they displayed ED-209 in a boardroom meeting, which is one of the most famous scenes in the movie, everything went to hell. ED-209 ended up shooting and killing a participant in a test, and Omni scrambled to come up with a better solution. And sure enough, that's where the RoboCop idea was born. All they needed was a <coughs> willing participant. And since they owned the rights to all the police officers in Detroit, they found their willing participant in Officer Alex Murphy, who was recently killed in the line of duty. In a very brutal fashion, I might add, when hundreds of bullets ripped through him via a gang of drug dealers. Murphy, aka Robocop, was programmed with three prime directives. To serve the public trust, to protect the innocent, and to uphold the law. He was also programmed with a fourth hidden directive, which is uncovered at the end of the movie. Under this fourth directive, he cannot arrest or attack any senior executive of Omni Consumer Products. Because the company knew inevitably, Robocop would find out the truth about the schemes they were involved with and come after them. So let's discuss the questions I mentioned at the beginning. Question number one. What messages are these franchises telling us about the combining of humans and robots? In Star Wars, transhumanism is a way to cheat death. Both Vader and Grievous were in near-death experiences, and advanced technology was used to keep them alive. Not only did it keep them alive, but it allowed them near superhuman strength and invulnerability. For example, Grievous could wield four lightsabers, and he could also crawl on all fours like a spider to escape danger whenever needed. We also see that he's unaffected when he was blasted into space off of his spacecraft. Most humans wouldn't survive that. Darth Vader is also immune to laser blasts, and is seemingly unbeatable in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Though I guess you could argue that it's his mastery of the dark side that gives him his strength, but if he didn't have the armor to keep him alive, he wouldn't be able to use those skills. So it's almost a chicken or the egg scenario. In Robocop, the narrative they're trying to tell us is that robots alone are ultimately flawed. The ED-209 robot, as we saw, was unable to make complex decisions and it misinterprets situations very badly. Robocop, on the other hand, kept the human brain of Murphy, which allowed for smarter, more efficient, and more logical responses. Both ED-209 and Robocop are nearly invincible and invulnerable to bullets and other attacks. It takes a massive amount of ammunition to even bring them down to the ground, 
But even when they're down, they're still not ultimately defeated. Now question number two. What roles do these characters play? Are they used for good, or bad, or both? In Star Wars, it's pretty obvious that both Grievous and Vader are used for evil. However, in Robocop, they flip the script and show us a transhumanist character that's quote-unquote used for the common good. Although you can argue that while working for the common good, he's also being controlled by an evil corporation with nefarious goals, so a little bit of both. Question number three. How do these transhuman characters compare to transhuman characters from other popular culture? Well, from the mid-80s forward in films, we've definitely seen more and more hero-type characters in popular culture that are more machine than man. It's especially a popular concept in superhero movies. Whether it's the physical armor and enhancements like Batman, or DNA adjustments like Spider-Man, or even actual robotic elements like Iron Man, the narrative is clear. Being strictly human is not as cool as being more than human. And when you're more than human, you have more power than basic humans. But is this actually the case? This superhero models a sharp contrast to what we see in Star Wars and Robocop. In Star Wars and Robocop, the transhuman characters, while powerful, were still essentially owned and operated by the powers that be. Robocop was owned by Omni, and Darth Vader was essentially owned by the Emperor. He was just a tool. In the superhero movies, you see the concept of these being free characters, with free thought and free movement and free range of ideas. You know, Vader, Grievous, and Murphy all lost everything when they become the transhuman characters that they are. Which I think is a more appropriate way to think about transhumanism. It's more of a tragic tale. It should be more of a cautionary tale than a hero's tale. You may become stronger physically, but you lose nearly all of your underlying humanity. So in conclusion, being human isn't that bad. Even though it would be really cool to have four robotic arms that could wield lightsabers, that's a slippery slope you don't want to go down. Because there's no way back. Thank you. And may the Force be with you.